Hey guys, welcome back to the Father's House podcast. In this episode, it's a sermon from Pastor Faith Harrelson on standing in faith. Hope you guys enjoy it. Y'all have a blessed week. And if you want more information, you can go to thefathershouseky.com. I'm so honored to be up here today. I I really feel like the Lord has just been stirring something in my heart for the last two weeks. Thank you, Daniel. And uh, but first, I want to let everybody know about these beautiful mugs out in our bookstore. If you need a gift for someone, if you need a more new morning coffee mug, we have these. They're ten dollars. I'm going to give two of these away today. Hopefully, I don't scream when I'm down here, I just was asking the Lord, I'm gonna do things different today, is it okay? I wore my tennis shoes today too. Can I give you this mug? Can I pray for you? Father, I thank you for increase. I thank you for overflow, that his cup would overflow with. I thank you for blessing to pour out in a way that's never been poured out before, God. Increase and favor surround him all the days of his life, in Jesus' name, amen. It's good. Yeah, we can clap. I like your sparkle. May I give you this mug? May I pray for you? Father, I thank you, Lord, that our cup overfloweth. I thank you, Father God, the wisdom of God upon her head. It's the crown upon her head. It's the principal thing. I thank you, Father, for that she operates in the overflow. God, not in dry land, but in fertile land, in, in well-watered land. I say spring up a well within her soul. And I thank you for a new season of not no longer barren, but fertile land in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God, I'm excited. I might run today. I got my new running shoes on. I don't normally dress like this. Pastor Mike said, have you been to the belonging this weekend? I said, no, I've not been to the belonging this weekend. Uh, I actually had a different outfit on and, uh, you know, some booties, some short booties, the fall fashion. And the Lord said, I want you to change your outfit and wear your shirt and this shirt is, says, somebody made it for Steve and I. We have more matchy-matchy today. It says, our vision, your refuge. And on the back is our property. It's called the refuge. And it's what I'm standing in today and believing God for. And today, if you walked in here and you're standing for something and believing God for something, you might want to get a notebook ready because I'm going to take you on a journey in Genesis to help you empower you with the word of God so that you won't be shaken when you're believing and standing for something. We are standing that this property will be a blessing to people, provide rest to people. We are believing and standing that God will provide financially. We are believing and standing that we'll have the right builder. There's so many things we're believing and standing for. And I am tired of letting and the enemy causing our church body, people in the world, causing them to sway back and forth. It's time for us to stand on the promise of God. Amen? Amen. So if you will, just reach your hands out for me. I'm going to go fast today. I got a lot of scripture. Let's stand up. Can we all stand? Let's just stand and make this declaration together. 
So good. Y'all are great participants today. Thank you, God. Say, thank you, God, for speaking to me through your word. I receive what you're saying. I clear my mind to hear directly from heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So Pastor Chris was here last week and he talked about stirring up our faith to believe again. And wasn't it good? Had so many people just share what God was speaking to them through that word. And um, I believe that in order to believe again, that's first part, we have to stand again. Because it's easy, we think that we believe, but when trials come or things come up or like mountains come into the way, our faith is shaken. I don't want to be like that anymore. I don't want my faith to shake when something happens. And just recently, I um, hired Dusty Hayden to train me. Oh, Jesus, help me. She is a fierce trainer, and she has loved me this week as I've been out for the count with a sinus infection. And she's been checking up on me every day. And I thought my bottom half of my body was strong because I'm a runner. I just think I got muscles in my legs. They just go. I mean, I can run three miles, like, without not running for three months. And I've ran four marathons. I'm just like, I'm really strong, lower body. And she's like, I'm gonna give you a lower body workout. And I didn't tell her this, but I was like, I don't need a lower body. I need like up here, you know, strengthen my back and my belly. And she said, no, you gotta work your lower body. That's the most important. And I got up out of bed the next day. I could not move. (laughs) I could not move. If you need a trainer, she's really good. She's checked on me every day this week too and just encouraging me. It's just so beautiful. Uh, But I got to thinking about not just our physical body, but our spiritual being. I think sometimes we think we are strong I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might. But then when something comes, we are so shaken in our boots. Or we're tossed about. Or maybe we're just shrinking back. You know, when God has asked us, he said, stand. And so today what I want to do, I'm kind of a teacher at heart. And I like to know what the word says. Amen? I like to read from the word. And if you are here and you're like a new believer, I just want to throw this out there at you um, because I felt like I needed to explain a little bit. If you're a new believer and you're overwhelmed with the word, I understand that. Here's something that you can do. You can start in the New Testament and read a chapter a day. Okay, then you can read a psalm of the day. So today is the 9th of October, I think, or the 10th. I would read Psalm 10 because it's God singing his love over you. And then I would read Proverbs 10 because it's the wisdom of God. That's pretty simple for you to get into the word. So if you're here and you're like, I'm a new believer, I don't know where to start. I'm an old believer. I have lost touch sight of God's word. All you gotta do is start somewhere, a chapter a day, and God will begin to speak to you through his word. His word is alive, it is active. It is the inspired word of God. It is coming to give you access to what God has for you. When you begin to dwell in it and meditate on it, it becomes life to your mind mortal body. It is life for you. Amen? I'm fired up. 
I got this new uh, passion translation of Genesis, and I feel like I'm a new believer rereading uh, Genesis again. And as I was asking the Lord what I needed to speak about, he said these words, can you stand the test of time? I was like, what does that mean? I mean, I know I've heard that before. Can you stand the test of time? I got to uh, officiate a wedding, Lacey and Matt Hamilton. They got married this weekend, hallelujah. Congratulations, you're probably on your honeymoon. Uh, We love you. But uh, I met a couple that had been married for 46 years. And I was like, wow, they have stood the test of time. If you think about your grandparents' recipes, how they have stood the test of time. You think about the Bible, it has stood the test of time. But today I wanna ask you a different type of question. Can you stand in the test of time? Meaning, can you stand over a long period of time, believing God for things that he's promised you, maybe 20 years ago, can we get back to that place of of standing? And I think it's just a lifelong thing that you continually reflect and say, God, am I trusting you? Am I standing on your promise? And that's why it's so important to write the vision and keep it in front of you and make it plain. So whatever you are that you're believing God for, maybe it's your son to come home. Maybe it's a new job. Whatever it is, write it down. I got a t-shirt made of it, you know? I'm like, I'm literally standing in the promise today. And I felt like the Lord said, wear that shirt, Faith, to remind people, keep it in front of you. Make it plain. And so as I was asking the Lord, where to go with this, he said, I want you to take them to Genesis and I want you to show them how I had promises for Abraham. And I'm like, yeah, but he so messed that up, Lord. He didn't stand very well. He said, exactly. I want you to take them through a failed attempt so that they know what not to do. And I'm like, that's good. Okay, I'll do that, Lord. So over 25 years, God had given Abraham all of these promises. And over the 25 years, he messed up a lot. And I'm gonna take you through scripture, but then I'm gonna show you what the scriptures continually said to help you be able to stand on your promise. And I think, I don't know if this is biblically accurate or not, but it's just my personal opinion. I think God wanted to get it quicker to Abraham than 25 years. But it took Abraham a lot longer to obey. It took him a lot longer to feast on God's faithfulness. It took him a lot longer to not shop the counterfeit. It did. But I don't want you to have to wait long for your promise. There are things, my brothers, I am still believing God for, and yes, it's taken a long time. I don't think it's because you don't have enough faith. I just think that we need to continually stand and continually declare what we want to see shift and what we want to see move in our lives. So if you will, turn with me to Genesis chapter 12. (coughs) It says in verse one, now Yahweh said to Abram, leave it all behind, your native land, your people, your father's household, and go to the land that I will show you. Follow me 
and I will make you into a great nation. I will exceedingly bless and prosper you, and I will make you famous so that you will be a tremendous blessing for others. I will bless all who bless you and curse all who curse you, and through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And then it says in verse seven, this is the land I will personally deliver to your seed. So there's a lot of promises in there, right? He said, I'll make him a great nation. He said he will bless him. He will prosper him. He will make him a tremendous blessing so that he will bless other people. And he will personally deliver to him the seed. Isn't that good? Personally deliver. God wants to personally deliver something to you today. And then Abraham's response in Genesis 12, verse 4, it says, so Abraham obeyed. Quickly, he just obeyed. But then in verse 11, it says, then he got worried. Have you ever been there? You're like, okay, I think sometimes we go to conferences and our faith is like, here we go, I'm gonna believe God. You're gonna leave here and you're gonna be excited, but then you're gonna get home possibly and the enemy's gonna come and make you worry like that's not gonna happen for you. That's what the enemy likes to do because he sees where you're going. You're going onward and upward from glory to glory and he doesn't want you to fulfill God's plan for your life. So then he got worried, it said. When he drew near to Egypt in verse 11, he said to his wife Sarai, look, I'm worried because I know that you are a beautiful, gorgeous woman. In verse 13, it says, just tell them that you are my sister so that they will treat me well for your sake and spare my life. There he was, self-protecting, not obeying. He lied and completely forgot what God had promised him. He wanted to try to self-protect. In verse 19, it says, And why did you lie to me by saying she's my sister so that I took her as my wife? Then it goes on to say in Genesis 13, verses 14 through 17, after Lot separated from him, Yahweh spoke to Abram. Here's a second time speaking to him. Lift up your eyes. So I think that was something like, hey, Get your eyes off of what you're trying to do here and lift them to me, he said. Sometimes we gotta just physically, I, I tell people sometimes, like sometimes you just gotta put your chin up over your circumstances in faith to believe like I'm looking to God. I'm not looking what's around me. I'm not looking at what the enemy is saying. I am looking to you, God. He said, lift up your eyes and look around you to the north, the south, the east, and the west, as far as you can see in every direction, is the land I will give to you forever. Everybody say forever. To you and your seed. I will multiply them. They are as numerous as the specks of dust on the earth. Now get up and walk through the land. So he not only said, lift up, but he said, now get up. He was asking him to stand. 
Stop looking, tossing, trying to figure it all out. He said, nope, just look up and stand. I was like, that's a good word. It's a good word. Look up and stand. And he says, now get up and walk through the land. It's length and breadth. All the land you walk upon will be my gift to you. God has a gift for you. Whatever it is that you walked in here and you're like, okay, Faith, I need to stand. Maybe you are standing on something that you haven't seen God move in yet. He's actually already moving. You just don't see the fruit of it yet in the natural. He is always moving. He has never left you. He's never forsaken you. He still knows about the promise. He's not moved. He's not swayed. His mind hasn't changed about you because you might have messed up and fallen and being tossed around. His mind is set on you. His mind is set on the promise he's promised you. He's already got it all taken care of. So maybe you've come in here and you're like, I don't have anything to stand for. Man, we all have something to stand for. And if you don't, I'm encouraging you. It's time to grow and ask God and believe God for things again. Like Pastor Chris was saying, like to believe again. There are many things I'm believing for, even if they're small or if they're large. And maybe you are that person. I would say go home and get before the Lord and say, Lord, I've doubted you. Maybe it's something you've put on the back burner. Maybe it's something that you left in your past and you need to believe God for again. Maybe you've just given up and given, given up hope. You've lost it. You're like, there's no way it's happening. I believe there's a way. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Amen? He is asking you right now, lift up, stand up. It's time to stand. So then in Genesis 15, verse 1, it says, Afterward, the word of Yahweh came to Abram in a vision. Man, he was trying to get something to Abraham, wasn't he? And he just kept getting distracted. I know that feeling. We moved back here four years ago to do this. And I just was like, whatever. We'll see if this ever happens. And uh, I just kept getting distracted, but God's just been renewing and restoring and reminding me of his perfect timing and how he's trying to grow my character, grow my patience in him for his best. I don't want to counterfeit. I sure don't. My husband and I have been uh, trying to adopt a baby for two years. We've been connected six different people every time it's fallen through it's like man when is this ever gonna happen and God said when I have the best for you I'm like yes Lord I don't want a counterfeit I don't want the wrong family I don't want the wrong baby I want God's best and you want God's best for your situation but the only way to get God's best is to truly stick our feet in to what God says in his word, read it, get it in our hearts, on our lips, in our minds, and say yes, lifting my eyes and standing. I am going to get 
God's promise. And so in Genesis 15, verse one, it says, the word of Yahweh came to Abram in a vision and said, Abram, don't yield to fear, for I am your faithful shield and your abundant reward. Wow, that's good. He's his faithful shield. He's gonna protect him. And I'm your abundant reward. Everything that you get, I operate from abundance, he was saying. You have all this, your descendants are the stars in the sky. My abundance. Do you want it? Or do you just want what's in front of you right now? And maybe you've been believing God and standing for something and God's stirring something else in you. Like you've got this job, but you know you're supposed to go out on your own and start your own business. Man, that takes a lot, a lot of trust, a lot of risk. But wow, what's on the other side of that is something so much more beautiful than your Monday job, nine to five. You could be your own boss. It could be really beautiful for you, but it's gonna take standing. And then it, he was fearful. Here's why. He, he gave him that word, that faithful. He said, don't fear. He was fearful of losing his inheritance. And then he began to question God's faithfulness in verse two. And here's how he replied. But Abram replied, Lord Yahweh, what good is your reward if I remain childless? I'm about to die without a son. That's pretty dramatic. I'm about to die without a son. And my servant, Eliza of Damascus, will inherit all of my wealth. After God just told him that I'm going to be your abundant reward. Then Yahweh brought him in outside his tent and he said, gaze into the night sky. Go ahead and try to count the stars. He continued, your seed will be as numerous as the stars. And then in verse six, it says, and Abram, he stopped wavering and he was like, okay, Lord. And Abram trusted every word Yahweh had spoken. And because of his faith, Yahweh credited to him as righteousness. But then Sarai wanted to get herself involved and put matters into her own hands. You know, a lot of times when something's not going our way, the way we want it to go, we get involved in the control part. Man, have you ever like wanted to control the situation? You can raise your hand at me, yeah. Well, all, probably all of us should be raising our hand. Want control, like it's not happening. God's forgotten about me. I think God just wants me to do a little bit like over here, like he just wants me to go ahead of him and, and do my part. Like I'm not saying God doesn't ask us to do our part, but when he said, let me take care of it, he means like you cut off from trying to control. But here's Sarai, she wanted to get matters into her own hands. Like it was way more convenient this way, right? Like she was too old to bear child. So she's like, there's no way that's happening. So I'm gonna get, take matters into my own hands. And then in a moment of weariness or weakness, Sarai confronted Abraham with a very interesting suggestion. She said, well, perhaps we could help God. So Genesis 16, verse one through two, 
Now Sarai had borne no children for Abram. She had an Egyptian slave girl named Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, please listen. Since Yahweh has kept me childless, go sleep with my maidservant. And here they were. They all of a sudden took matters into their own hands and they settled for a counterfeit. So many times I look back over my life and I've messed up just as probably we've all messed up and settled for counterfeit by getting control or fearing that it's not going to work out. So we just take matters into our own hands. And I look back and God was so good to me. You know, like he's so gracious. He's not like, you should have done that or you should have done this. But I look back and I'm so thankful for opportunities to grow and learn like I did settle for counterfeit in that season so I'm not gonna ever do that again. And I think we can look at Abram's life and say, man, look at all of the times he's messed up and choose a different route to go to be able to stand in what God is saying. Perhaps through her, I can build you a family. Abram listened and did what Sarai asked. He slept with Hagar and she conceived and she birthed in Ishmael. Genesis chapter 17, verse one, it says, when Abram was 99 years old, Yahweh appeared to him again and he said, I am the God who is more than enough. Live your life in my presence and be blameless. And then in chapter 21, verses one through five, are y'all following me? Are y'all taking notes? This is gonna be good content to go back and reread over and over and over again, I promise you, because I've been meditating on it all week and I'm like, wow, this is so good. Yahweh visited Sarah just as he said he would and fulfilled his promise to her. So although they settled for the counterfeit, God still came through with his promise. And even though you might have like swayed back and forth, tossed to and fro is what it says in the scripture, or maybe you've given up, your life is not over. It's not over. They made so many mistakes and God kept coming back to them and saying, I'm your abundant reward. I'm your protector. I am your supplier. I am the God who's more than enough. Financially, if you're believing God for something, can you stand to your feet for just a second? I just want to release something over your life. So good. Look at all this faith arise. Would you all stretch your hands towards them? God, I just thank you that you are the God of more than enough. That it says that you're the God of enough, but you are more than enough. And I thank you, Father, that you open every door that needs to be opened to pour out financial increase, abundance upon their life. You are the abundant reward that you do not withhold any good thing from your children, God. I just declare and decree over them that they are, have favor of God. It surrounds them like a shield. It opens up every door that needs to be opened. And God, you just close the doors that need to be closed right now. In Jesus' name, I declare prosperity. I declare healing. I declare you are the protector of their finances. Give them wisdom where they need. In Jesus' name, God, we just thank you for it. 
Amen. Amen. Praise God. So then I'm going to turn to Genesis 22 and read what happened. So we've got all these things, their life, just a mess. But God just keeps coming back with his faithfulness. And he keeps reminding them how to stand. And he keeps reminding them about the promise. Here's another promise that he, he said. So sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said, Abraham, and I love this part. Yes, I'm here. He's here. He quickly said, yes, I'm here. It wasn't like he was questioning God in that moment. He said, yes, I'm here. Say that with me. Yes, I'm here. He's still with you. He's still fulfilling his promise to you. And if you've walked away, all you have to do is say, yes, Lord, I'm here. I believe again. It's pretty simple. God said, please take your son, your only son, Isaac. I'm sorry. Verse 21, they got the promise, right? Okay, I said that. So then he said in verse 22, or chapter 22, God said, please take your son, your only son, Isaac, who I know you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him up to me as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham cut the wood for the burnt offering, loaded it on his donkey, and he set out for the distant place God had shown him. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. Immediate obedience. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the young men. Isaac and I will go up and worship, then we will return to you. So Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering, placed it on Isaac's back, and Abraham carried the knife and the fire, and the two of them walked up the mountain together. Father, Isaac broke the silence. Yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the wood and the fire, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, I love this part. He was standing on what God said. He said, my son, God himself will provide the lamb for an offering. So they went on together. So not only was he standing, he was moving towards the promise. Ooh, that's a good word. I didn't have that in my notes. I'm gonna say it again. So not only was he standing, but he was moving towards the promise. Abraham answered, my son, God himself will provide the lamb for an offering. So they went on together. And when they arrived at the place on Mount Moriah that God had shown him, Abraham built an altar and stacked the wood on it. He tied up his son Isaac and laid him on top of the wood on the altar. He was all in. He was like, I'm going to do what God said this time. I'm not going to mess up. I'm not going to go for a counterfeit. I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to... Uh, question God's faithfulness. I'm going to do what he asked me to do. Then Abraham took the knife in his hands to plunge it into his son, but the angel of Yahweh called to him from heaven saying, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, I'm here, he answered. Do not lay a hand on the boy or harm him, he said, for now I know that you're fully dedicated to me since you did not withhold your son, your beloved son from me. And as Abraham looked up, See that 
are in scripture again. His eyes fell upon a ram caught by its horns in a nearby thicket. Man, I'm going to go back to that for a second. That's really good. So he looked up. He didn't look at what was going on. He didn't look at like trying to figure out a way to save his son. He knew what God said and he looked up. He was looking at his provider. He was looking at his supplier. He was looking at the God who does more than enough. He looked up and what did God do? He provided a ram. So Abraham named that place Yahweh appears. And even to this day, it's said on Yahweh's mountain, there is vision. And Yahweh's angel spoke a second time from heaven. Here is the, the promise again that he said to him. I solemnly promise you by the glory of my own name, declares Yahweh, because you have obeyed my voice and did not withhold from me your son, your beloved son, I will greatly bless you. I will make sure I will make sure your seed becomes as numerous as the stars of heaven, as the sand on the seashore. Your offspring will take possession of the city gates of their enemies. And because you have obeyed me, the entire world will be blessed through your seed. So Abraham and Isaac returned to the waiting servants and they departed to Beersheba where Abraham had settled. So you say, Faith, how do I remain standing? Great question. Because I've got your answer. It's right here in the scriptures. Number one, we follow him. Genesis 12, 2, back up at the top when we were reading it. He says, follow me and I will make you into a great nation. You just follow him. Well, what does the word say about following him? Great question. Deuteronomy 5.33 Walk in obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess. And part of following him is obeying his voice. So what has he promised you? What has he asked you to do? To fulfill what he is wanting to do. Because it's, it's definitely a cohabitation with the Lord. He asks us to do things, to be obedient so that he can fulfill what he wants to do on his end. And part of that is getting the word in front of us and saying it over and over and over again until you get it in your heart and you believe it again and again and again and again. I've even seen people do these vision boards that are really neat. You can get a whole bunch of magazines and cut out pictures. If you're creative and crafty, you can do pictures on it and then write scriptures right next to it of whatever it is that you're believing God for. You might need to put it a little picture of something in your car or on the dashboard so that when you get in your car every day, you're like, yes, Lord, your promises are yes and amen. I will have this. I will walk in this. I will obey your voice. I will do what you've asked me to do. So whatever that looks like for you, we all learn differently. We all process things differently. For me, I need it written out and I need to remind myself of it all the time. Number two, I got it from Genesis 17.1. It says, 
When Abram was 99 years old, Yahweh appeared to him again and said, I am the God who's more than enough. Live your life in my presence. Number two, we have to live our life in his presence. John 15, verses four through eight, it says, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, meaning he's the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. From apart from me, you cannot do anything. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and I remain in you and my words remain in you, my words remain in you, my words remain in you, my words remain in you. That's how we live in his presence. My word remains in you. You may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples and this brings great glory to the Father. Your word remains in me. Everybody say that. Your word remains in me. Your word remains in me. Therefore, I have something to stand on. This is what we stand on. We stand in and we move forward in it like he did. Moving forward in it. I'm not going to move unless God says to do it. I'm just, I just don't want the counterfeit anymore. Do you want the counterfeit? No way. You want God's best. Even if it takes five years, I'm gonna look back and see the goodness of God in the land of the living because that's what he's promised us. He's promised us his goodness. He's promised us to live in the land of the living, not barren, not dead, but living. Everybody say living. Number three, it goes on to say in Genesis 17, one, live your life in my presence and be blameless. Everybody say blameless. Number three, be blameless. It says in Psalms 1, verse 1 through 4, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Why are they like chaff? The wind blows away. They're tossed. They're actually uprooted and thrown out to be burned. But how do I stay planted by the streams of living water? I stay connected to him through his word. His word is active. 
It is alive, it's sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing between soul and spirit, meaning it comes in and it helps direct you so that you're not led by your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Like he was saying, let's give space for our mind to hear what the Lord is saying in our mind. That's what the word does. It comes in and it divides so that you're not led by all your emotions on the soul part, but you're led by his spirit. You're led by his word that comes in and gives you ammunition to run and to not grow weary. Amen? So good. It is, Daniel. It's so good. Here's the thing. I can stand up here all day and tell you what this says, but man, we've got to get a hold of it and actually put it to practice. Man, this week we thought we had our baby. We did. We're like talking to the birth mother, texting all day long. She's like, oh, I can't wait for my baby to give you a son, to give you a sibling for Olivia. And here I was like, this is our baby standing. And I was really activating what God had promised me. And so what did I do? I said, Lord, here's what I know. I know that you can close the door if this is not what you want. I do not want your counterfeit. So I ask you to quickly close the door if it's not what we, what is your best. But I ask you to open, slam open the door if this is our baby, if this is the family for us. You know what he did? 18 hours later, he closed the door. Hallelujah. I mean, that's exciting to know that he's answering what we are asking him to provide for us. But we've got to activate what this says. We've got to trust what this says and move forward like Abraham. Move up the mountain saying, I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to offer up my sacrifice to you. I'm going to offer up my thanksgiving to you because I know you always provide what I need. I know you are always there. I know that you're coming forth for me. You are going to meet me on the other side of the mountain, God. As I get up there, I'm going to see clearly, and I know that you are going to make the way. Y'all, I'm just getting started. I just want you to know something. This is who I am. I have not been myself for the last year because I've been timid. God has been stirring something up in me and reminding me of the joy of ministry. It is a joy and an honor to get up and to speak what God is saying. And you think, faith's fired up. Actually, this is really who I'm called to be. I'm just stepping into what God's asking me to do, even though it's super uncomfortable, even though I'm like, I don't want the responsibility, Lord. He's like, get up the mountain. Come on, faith. There's an Isaac for you. Get up there. There's a ram for you. Get up there. I've called you to something higher. It's time to grow, faith. It's time to kick up your boots and hike up the mountain. It's, a, it's, it's time for us as a body to say yes to what God is saying, to say yes to standing. Yes, Lord, even though I don't know what it's going to look like, I'm going to stand on what you're saying. My fourth point to you is that it's going to develop character in you. It is. So we follow him. We spend time in his presence. We're blameless. I don't know if I even said that part. 
I did, I did. But then in Jeremiah, to go back to blameless, Jeremiah 17, verses seven through eight, it says, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water. Here's this part that I like, that sends out its roots by the stream. So if you're rooted, if you're standing on what God's saying, you know what happens, actually? The tree, it's been there. And I said, you know, what was the title? Can you stand in the test of time? So what do things do over time? They get more value. The tree, it gets beautiful with age. And what happens, it says right here, it's roots... Wow, I'm just seeing this. This is so powerful. This is the Holy Spirit. It sends out its roots by the stream. So here it is. The root system is developing. It's getting stronger. And it's actually going out to the stream to suck up the life, to give it more life and life abundance. So when we are firmly planted on what God is saying, he is actually saying, I'm getting more to you to continue to grow. Isn't that good? That's good. I need to meditate on that a little bit more. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought. It has no worries in a year of drought. It looks dead to you right now, the promise. But it has no worries in a year of drought. It might seem like a drought to you. Get anchored. Let your root system grow. Get the word in you. Grow, grow, grow. Let him remind you of his faithfulness and let him bring the rain. Let him bring the water in that you will no longer have a drought, but you will be fully supplied and never fails to bear fruit. So the fourth one, let God develop your character. Romans 5, verses three through five in the Amplified, it says, and not only this, but with joy, let us exalt in our sufferings and rejoice in our hardships, knowing that hardship, pressure, trouble, distress, produces patient endurance. And endurance proven character oh that's so good but so like not what we want to hear right I have to wait yeah he's proving character in you hope and confident assurance of eternal salvation such hope in God's promises never disappoints us because God's love has been abundantly poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us I want to grow. I want the child, I mean, I always talk about the childlike faith, but gosh, it's just so important that we're always reminded to like grow. If the worship team could come up to never be at a place where God can't grow me in my Bible I've read that already, but you know what happens? It's called revelation. God gives us a spirit of revelation and knowledge of him. When we reread scripture over and over and over again, he begins to speak to us different ways through the same scripture because of different situations that you're going through. And he knows what you have need of before you even ask him. So as you begin to meditate and eat on the word, 
you eat on the word, it nourishes you, strengthens you, makes you strong. I have a couple more scriptures I'm gonna read through quickly. And then I wanna give you an opportunity, it's called an activation, to activate the promise today, to do a physical activation of standing for something. And if you're sitting there and you're that person that says, I don't have anything that I'm standing on, ask the Lord. I guarantee you he's got something for you because he's ready to grow you. It says in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you. Isn't it beautiful how he's patient with us even though we're not patient with him? Such a beautiful word. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Isaiah 40, verse 30 through 31. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord and find new strength, they will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. They will walk up that mountain. They will continue walking. They will not look to the left or to the right, but they will keep their eyes focused on the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Galatians 6, verse 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. Keep going, keep going, keep believing, keep standing. I'm not done. I just declare favor over you, Mike and Maddie with the court system in the name of Jesus. I just thank you, Lord, that you are the God of more than enough, that you make a way where there seems to be no way and you open a door that no man can shut and you go before them and you align them, you align them. I hear the Lord say, I'm aligning you, I'm aligning you. You just lean into that. You get ready for it. You're just gonna walk in ease and peace knowing that I've already aligned and it's already been done for you in Jesus' name. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Everybody say, I'm not giving up. James 5, verse 7 through 8, it says, Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. No more drought. No more drought. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. If you're ready to stand for something today and believe God and lean in and say, I'm ready to go all in God with you today, I just want you to stand on your feet today. It's an activation of something that you may have been believing God for. Maybe you don't know what it looks like. Maybe you don't know how you're going to get there, but God is going to lean into you today. And he's going to say, I'm faithful. I'm coming through for you. Will you just do this as an act of surrender today? Father, I just declare today that your people will know your voice and will follow it. They will say, I will obey. I will not just stand, but I will walk towards your call, your upward call in Christ Jesus. I say today, Lord, that they will follow you. 
that they will be blameless, that they will live in your presence, that their character is being developed, God. I say hope arise. I say patience, come in Jesus' name to endure what it is to look like, to stand, and God, and not to be shaken. I say no more shaking, but firmly stand on your word that we will not be moved. In Jesus' name, thank you for it, Lord. And if you're in this room and you just need to rededicate your life to the Lord, maybe you need to just say, I need God's way. I need to follow him, actually. Not just in the promise, but my life. If that's you, I'm gonna give you just an opportunity to pray over you. If that's you, you can just lift a hand and put it back down. See that hand, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just thank you that today is the day of salvation that you are here, that you are real, that you make yourself so known that he'll never be shaken again. He'll never be out of your plan. He'll never be out of your destiny. But God, I say for the Lord has a good plan, a plan to prosper and not to harm, to give him hope, to give him future. We say turn, turn right now, turn. He's turning towards you, God, and he's saying yes. All you have to do is just say yes to Jesus. He meets you right where you are. He loves you. Doesn't matter what's happened. Doesn't matter what you've gone through. Doesn't matter what you've said yes to. Today you say yes to him and no to all those other things that you know are not gonna be uplifting towards the Lord. So Father, we thank you that today is the day of salvation. Lord, I just bless your people today. I thank you, Lord. It's exciting. Everybody shout yes. Yes, it's exciting to stand in what God has promised. And I believe that he is gonna show himself faithful to you this week. Father, I thank you that they go out and they're encouraged that you've equipped them to not just do life well standing with you, but God, equip them to share the message of the good news with other people, God, to encourage people in their family, in their walk of life, in their job, God, I have to say, rise up, rise up and begin to walk into what you're called to do this week, God. Lead us, guide us, and direct us in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. You guys have a great day today. 